0: Well, uh, what a complicated passage to look at this morning. Uh, Hebrews chapter four. Do keep your finger in there on page twelve zero three in the church Bibles, and we're following on in our series on spiritual disciplines and looking today at the idea of Sabbath, um, Sabbath. And I'm going to be suggesting uh, three uh, things for us today: uh, that Sabbath is not about us but about God. It's not about now, but about eternity, and it's not about stopping, but about completion. We'll come back to that as we go through. Not about us, but God. Not about now, but eternity, and not about stopping, but completion. Uh, but let's uh, sort of just uh, focus in on the text and calm our hearts as we, uh, as we look in on this. I wonder if you could imagine what Sabbath meant for Jesus and his disciples, I wonder if you can imagine a world so rhythmic and structured that when Sabbath came round, everyone everywhere stopped. Maybe if you're uh, of a certain age, you can can remember back to a time in England where it felt much more like that. Uh, The closest I can get is watching the film Chariots of Fire, uh, where a Scottish uh, village is on display, and Eric Liddell, the great missionary and great Olympic athlete from the 1924 Paris Olympics, um, is, uh, goes out after church, Presbyterian church, and tells off some children for playing football, uh, because Sabbath is not the day for football, is it? Sabbath is not the day for sports, and he famously refused to run on the Sabbath, at the Olympics, and uh, got a gold medal in a discipline that w- wasn't his prime skill set. Imagine a world where everything stops from six o'clock in the evening to six o'clock the next evening. Just stops. What would that do to your life, to your routine? How inconvenient would it be? If Tesco Express uh, decided to roll back on the Sunday trading and not enable you to get milk on a Sunday uh, or even your food after church on a Sunday, if Sainsbury's wasn't open for five hours on a Sunday, how inconvenient would that be to your life, to your structure, to the way things go? What about if the television companies didn't broadcast? between six o'clock on a Friday evening and six o'clock on a Saturday evening? What would that do to your sport watching? What if it carried on through strictly come dancing time into Saturday evening? What if everything shut down? Back in uh, January, February time, I had the chance to go to Jerusalem on a Sabbath day. And we were treated to a Shabbat meal by the a host family there who took in 20 of us uh, clergy of uh, various uh, ranks and backgrounds and, uh, and feasted with us along with uh, about seven or eight other guests in their house. Every week they were set up to receive 25 guests in their house uh, alongside their children um, on a Friday evening. It wasn't it a very big house? They just organized a square into. such a way they could fit a lot of people in and what they did every Friday evening was to do a liturgical meal so there would be psalms read there was a lovely moment where the husband would uh, look at his wife directly in her eyes uh, along with his children joining in and read out Proverbs 31 which is the passage which is a wife of noble character, uh, who can find, she's more blessed, she's more wonderful, more, more, more amazing. Re- read it. And every week he would recite these incredible words from Proverbs into her eyes on, on the Shabbat meal, in front of guests and company, in front of his children. That's got to be better for uh, family well-being than looking at porn late in the evening, hasn't it? So emphasizing his love again and again in a routine. What what an incredible thing. And they would uh, have one course, and then wine, and then another course, and then wine, and another course, and then wine. And they'd ask all the people who came to just tell their own stories. How come you're here for Shabbat? And they would listen to one another. And it was attentive, and it lasted for about two and a half hours. And then it went off, and they had teenagers in this family who were sitting there observing this, meeting people from around the world. It's an extraordinary experience. On the Saturday, they then have a meal together as well at lunchtime, and on the Saturday evening, they have a meal together just as a family, again in the evening. So in the weekly rhythm, three meals of just stopping completely. Now, if you went into their toilet, downstairs toilet, You had to remember to not do one thing. Anyone know? No, not what you're thinking. not allowed to turn the light switch off. Because with their observance, if you turn the light switch off, they're not allowed to turn it back on again. So what did they do to enable them to look after all these people during Shabbat? What they had to do was actually work in order to rest. The Friday daytime was a busy day. They were gonna be entertaining a whole load of people in the evening, so they had to work hard in order to rest. That's my first real point about Sabbath. In a Sabbath structure, it's not really about stopping, but completion. In a way, it's as much about work as it is rest. Do you remember when the Israelites were in the desert? It's the passage that's being referred back to from Psalm 95, which has been quoted in in Hebrews 3 and 4. They were in the desert, and they got provision from heaven. Do you remember what happened? It was uh, something called, what on earth's that? Which is the translated manna. Uh, It's just this sort of funny bread-like stuff that came down from heaven. What is that? Manna. Manna, what's that? That's what it manna means. And they got it every day of the week, except on the day before the Sabbath, they got a double portion. So the day before the Sabbath, they had to work harder so that they could rest. And the first thing that seems important to say about if you wanted a rhythm in your life, is it takes energy. An effort to prepare to rest. Anyone ever been on holiday? Anyone had a holiday in the last 10 years or so? What do you do before your holiday? Panic, says uh, the church warden. And there'll be different people. Some of you would have organized yourself weeks in advance and you've got everything organized. That's the people with the neat sock drawers. <laughs> Other people just running around going, ah! Because you know that once you've got on that train, plane, or automobile, that's it, isn't it? You can't do much about it unless you get your visa card out and buy everything again. See, so you have to prepare, don't you? And the same way, there's a sense that Sabbath requires preparation. It requires work in order to rest. A few weeks ago, I was up in uh, Durham doing the sixth year of my doctorate course if I'm still talking to you about a doctorate course in a year's time, you have permission to euthanize me. <laughs> it better be finished. Um, but the one thing I've noticed about doing study again, far later in life than anyone ought to be doing study, in my opinion, is that it's really hard if you haven't completed stuff. Yeah. It's really hard to rest if you haven't worked. Have <laughs> you had that experience? You're like, ah, I've got a 100 things going on in my head. And, and then suddenly you do some work. What happens to your headspace? It gets clearer, doesn't it? And there's a sense that if you want to rest well, you also have to learn how to work well. Because <laughs> unless you get the stuff done, How are you going to rest from it? Unless you pick up twice as much manna the day before the Sabbath, how are you going to enjoy the Sabbath? You're going to be hungry. If you've got 30 people coming over for food and you haven't prepared the meal, it's not going to be much fun on the day, is it? So there's a rhythm of working so that we can rest, completing so that we can stop. If you um, look into this passage that's been set for us to look at Sabbath um, you you may be slightly confused though because uh, actually Hebrews 4 isn't really about a once a day once a week uh, Sabbath in the way that we understand it from the Ten Commandments you know on the seventh day is holy to the Lord and stop working. This is about a much bigger concept than the day a week but it it's explained by the day of week, the day a week points to it. It's talking about a Sabbath rest for the people of God, and this is why I say that Sabbath is not about now, but it's about eternity. What Hebrews 4 is effectively arguing is that written into the heart of who God is, is rest, is Sabbath. In verse 4, uh, on the seventh day God rested from all his works, and what he's checking the writer of Hebrews who may, may or may not have been a man or a woman is, is the one Bible that, book that we're ambiguous about, who wrote it. Uh, no one knows who wrote it, but what they're really desperately trying to uh, check with the audience is, are you going to make it to this day of rest? The, you see this in verse, uh, chapter 2 verse 1, we must pay the most careful attention It's what we've heard so we don't drift away. They're worried that the people they're writing to might drift away from the truth of Christianity, of Jesus. They're worried that there's a tendency in their congregations to to go away from God, to not enter into the full Sabbath rest. And and here the Sabbath rest is this place that God has prepared forever. And it still remains for some to enter that rest. Verse six of chapter four. Uh, there's some who will get there. There remains then a Sabbath rest for the people of God, uh, which is a rest that God has entered to, into as well. But it wasn't just what was experienced when the people got into the promised land under a leader, a commander called Joshua. It was spoken about again later on saying, there's a day today that you need to enter into the rest. And so, so what's, what's going on here? Is, is God's at rest like always? Or is God still working? It's, it's an interesting question, isn't it? There's, there's a lovely book called Love's Endeavor, Love's Expense by a guy called Van Stone. It's, it's a, a sort of a classic of spiritual literature. Um, And Vanstone has this idea that that God is always at work. i was slightly in opposition to this verse. Um, And the idea is that God is always creating. Actually works quite well with a sort of more modern scientific understanding of the world. That God's always knitting things together. It's like the image, he's the potter, we're the clay. He's always pottering us. And you know that verse that in all things God works for the good of those who love him? who are called according to his purpose. There's a sense of a continuation of work there. God is continuing to be at work, continuing to make things well. Uh, who made you? Were you made a years ago when um, God created the world? Or were you made constantly by God now? And I, I think there, there is a sense that God is at work while also being at rest, and that might make sense of an eternity being described as a Sabbath. Because what do we know about eternity? Is eternity this place which is going to be us sitting on a cloud just at rest watching Netflix for forever? Is that what a good rest is? Is a good rest just sitting there drinking all the wine you can manage and eating all the food you can manage? Is that what gives you life and wholeness over time? It's nice for an evening, isn't it? Nice for a, a break, nice even for a holiday sometimes. But if you sit there and just watch Netflix, drink more, eat more cheese, eat more, what happens to you? More life? Less life, isn't it? An eternity where we're all fat blobs, like in the, uh, the Wally program, of uh, the people who go off to Mars and just get fatter and fatter and fatter doing nothing. doesn't sound like a good eternity. So there's got to be something about eternity where we're both at rest but also active Does that make sense god created us as workers didn't he? he said go and labor go and subdue the land go and make things good and our eternity according to theologians like tom wright is one where we're co-workers with god we have purpose we have meaning we're not just stopped And that's a bit more attractive, I think, for most of us, isn't it? We can achieve things, we can create things, but we can do it from a place of deep rest, where we're at peace. Have you ever done something and it feels like you've done it in that sweet spot of your life, and it's like, someone said, oh, you worked hard today, and you're like, it wasn't hard at all. Maybe it was a DIY project that you like doing. And uh, earlier this summer, Nicola um, sanded down a, an old pine dresser we had and painted it. Um, on one level, it was quite hard labour. I wouldn't have enjoyed doing it. But at the end of it, she'd got something she'd like producing, and it was there. It was tangible. It was restful. If had done something that exerted effort but was from a place of inner contentment and something of that that's going on with both eternity and the idea of of sabbathing see when people in jesus's day got sabbath and they tried to constrain it into the tightest of things he kept deliberately provoking them to the point that he was ruining their tight little box he would heal people on the sabbath willy-nilly like sorry I've got to wait till Saturday to heal you <laughs> because I want to annoy these people around you to stop thinking that they can control the Sabbath the Sabbath was made for us he says it points us to an eternity we get to it by completion by a sense that the job's done which in eternity we'll clearly know because Jesus would have redeemed all things and then within that rest, we, we do good things. We do what's right. We do what's good. It's, it's about eternity. It's not just about now. It points us to a future. And it's not fundamentally about us replenishing our needs. It's, it's more, I think, about replenishing our sense of who God is and who we are in relation to God. See, a lot of the time we busy ourselves, don't we? And I'm sure this is a uh, problem that, that others of you will relate to as well as I do. We busy ourselves partly because we don't like the idea that the world can carry on without us. There's always something I could be doing more, something I could comment on on social media, something I could phone, someone I could... Do. And, and it's almost impossible in contemporary... world to stop because a lot of our work isn't the same sort of work that people were doing two three four hundred years ago you come in from the fields that's it job done for the rest of the day hard work and you're going to be up at five o'clock next morning to get out with the sunrise but you finished or you're in the factory and you're out again or so and so or the kids are in bed you're done Uh, But now a lot of it's mental, isn't it? And it spins on. And the idea that the world doesn't need my contribution, my commentary, my input, my thing. That's a bit of an anathema, isn't it? If you're not sure about that, try retiring from your job at some point. And uh, the emails stop. The purpose seems to stop. You're like, who am I? What's my role? Now I'm not going in for this, that, or the other. But there's something about Sabbath, which is this weekly discipline that says, actually, I believe God's in charge. And if I've worked to the point that I can now stop, if I stop, I'm teaching myself something about who God is. What am I teaching myself? I'm teaching myself that he is vital He's in control, he's absolute, and I'm just a little something down here. (laughs) Now, we know that this biblical sort of pattern of of a break for 24 hours is incredibly good for us. We know this physiologically, we know this sociologically, we know this in all sorts of ways. We know that some of our European cousins who work less hours a week are more productive uh, than some places where we're working all the time. We know these things, don't we? But there's a rebellion in us that, A, doesn't want to work hard enough to be able to stop, and B, just wants to be important all the time. And Sabbath says, what would happen if you just said, it's not actually about me, it's about God? It's not just about now, it's about eternity and tuning into eternity. And it's not just about stopping and giving up. It's about completing deliberately to create space. Sabbath has been uh, one of the things I've most enjoyed in my early Christian life and um, probably found most hard to define as I've got older um, there were times when I had young children where I used to come to work for a rest. <laughs> it's much easier coming to work than it was to do the, do the hard work at home. Um, in church work, it's incredibly complicated to work out what's work and what isn't work. Someone rings you up. Uh, is, is that? And, and I think probably the most helpful definition is not of knowing what what rest is is not engaging in something that will drain you or with someone who will drain you Um, you can have almost the exact same day with two or three different types of people and it has a very different impact on you or two or three different types of tasks It might be that you're like, I've got a day off. I'm going to uh, paint that cupboard. Um, And for one person, that's life-giving. For another person, that's the thing they've been nagged into doing for the last six months. (laughs) And it's going to suck the life out of them. They need to do that on a work day. Something about the energy, something about that. The Sabbath. But I have found, as I've engaged in Sabbath, that God seems Perfectly able of redeeming time that i give to him in sabbath if i say this is my 24-hour period i'm not preparing anything i'm not answering anything i'm not doing anything Then he has time and time again given me grace to get up and do what i needed to do having remembered that i'm not that important One of the biggest gifts you can give to yourself is weekly reminding yourself that you're not actually as important as you thought you were. And that's partly what Sabbath's about. I hope you'll take away the study notes this week and just chew on it for yourself. We're not trying to preach a list of rules. We're trying to point to some lovely disciplines that can help us grow. What would it be like to... Turn off the electronics for 24 hours for a month, once a week for a month, and how would that impact your life? What could you test? What could you try out? What could you see to see if Sabbath could be right for you again? May God bless his word to us today. Amen.